We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. With the stuff going on in the league today and by popular request, we figured we would make today's show a live show. So surprise, if you're joining us from YouTube, you're joining us from Twitter, welcome in. We'll take some questions and comments as we go through. We have a number of topics to dive into today, starting with the big news that had everybody talking DeAndre Ayton looking like he's going to sign an offer sheet with the Pacers Pacers, unless some sort of a sign and trade comes together. A lot of discussion about that. Let's start there. Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I finally have new computer equipment. So hopefully we're we're good today. I, I, I think, you know, I'm going to knock on wood. <laughs> Somebody in the chat says show us Tatum. We are in the middle of a really bad thunderstorm, so he is hiding under the uh, kitchen table right now. So, uh, so sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to be, though. That, that's, right? This is fine. That's smart. Um, and, and meanwhile, we can talk a little bit of, uh, of Aiden. What's going on here? Now, I put as the, as the headline, DeAndre Aiden to the Pacers. I guess that's we don't know for sure <laughs> if that's what's going to happen. It, it seems like, so from what, what we've heard so far, it's that the Pacers are, are creating the ability to sign DeAndre Ayton to a max deal. They've decided to wave and stretch a few players in order to do so, in order to have that kind of cap space. The Suns have said they will match that offer, but that offer hasn't been signed yet <laughs> yeah. as of this month, which in theory gives both sides a chance to still work out a sign and trade. Is that That's pretty much up to date where we're at at the moment, correct? Yeah, I think you're right on it. I think you are uh, pretty pretty well locked in on that. Yeah, and, and what it sounds like today, the Pacers are going to do an offer sheet if they can't work out some kind of sign and trade. So that's that you're just kind of reading between the lines a little bit there. I think that's where we're sitting. So I think what we're going to see here is maybe Aiton just rolls um, into a to an offer sheet. Then we'll see if the the Suns choose to match it or not. We'll we'll see uh, what that looks like, but but we'll we'll find out with that. And then if uh, if not, then it gets a little more interesting because then it could be be a sign and trade possibility, which would send some stuff back to Phoenix, which is good because we haven't seen. 
the Suns do anything of note yet, right? They've signed, re-signed Bismack Biombo. They signed a couple other guys uh, to minimums, but they need something at the five. You, I don't think you can compete for a title with Bismack Biombo as your starting center. And right now, I think only center on the roster. So that's a little bit of a problem. So let's see. Um, you know, Woj's report was that they would match. So is that posturing? Is that negotiating through the media? We're going to find out here. Uh, you know, I think, uh, right, let's say, if nothing else, within the next uh, two days, probably, right? This is this is my guess, and that's all this is. But just because that we're we were at this point now, my guess is that they probably had conversations on a sign and trade, and the things that Phoenix was offering weren't things that the Pacers wanted, and the things the Pacers wanted weren't things that that Phoenix was well flip that right. The two sides just didn't agree on what was going to yep. be in a sign and trade. So the Pacers just said, well, fine. Well, we don't need you then. We'll just sign him to an offer sheet and you guys are going to lose him for nothing. And then the Suns responded, oh, no, no, no. You, We're going to, we're just going to match, right? Yep. They're both playing their own leverage yeah. to get what it is, it, what it is that they want here. I think part though, part of the leverage of the Suns in this situation, it's kind of evaporated because Typically, we see this happen early in free agency when there's a lot of other guys that are out on the market. And so part of the deterrent to send out an offer sheet to a player like this is that your cap space is tied up for that 48-hour yep. period and you can miss out on other guys. There's nothing. I mean, there's tumbleweeds rolling through NBA free agency right now. Yep. So the, it's not like the Pacers are missing out on signing other guys if they do sign it into an offer sheet and the Suns wait that full 48 hours before deciding whether or not to match. Exactly. And so just a couple mechanics of this, because I know people are asking a lot of questions on Twitter. So in order to sign Aiden to an offer sheet, you have to have the cap space at the time of the offer sheet signing. It's not one of those things where, hey, sign it and we'll figure it out if they don't match. It has to be done at the time of the offer sheet signing. The easiest way for the Pacers to get there was by waving and stretching a handful of players. So they're going to wave Dwayne Washington. He was fully non-guaranteed. So that's, that's a, you know, that's a complete savings that takes that obligation down to zero. Then three of the guys they got in the Boston Celtics trade, Malik Fitz, Jawan Morgan, and Nick Stauskas, they all had to be partially guaranteed. It, it's like, call it, it's like a million and a half for both Morgan and Fitz. And it's about 2 million for Stauskas. They're going to wave and stretch all three of those guys. So they'll take on 500,000 for each of Fitz and Morgan. And they'll take on about 700,000 for each of the next three years for those other uh, guys. And then what that will do is that will free up the cap space to offer it. Now, if the Suns match, the Pacers can't say, oh, okay, oh, well, you matched. We want all those guys back. They could resign them. Um, the sure. challenge with that, though, is with stretches, that becomes a whole issue uh, down the line. So that's not really going to be a thing either. So so that becomes a, a thing. You can't undo a waiver because your offer sheet got matched. If you renounced a free agent, you could actually undo that. That is a process where if you renounce a player to sign someone to an offer sheet, you can then um, – Unrenounce them, I guess, or unrenounce. I don't re-renounce, renounce. Like, yeah, who knows? You're right. But anyway, <laughs> that becomes a whole thing there. So I think what we're really looking at um, in this situation is um, those guys will get waived. Honestly, I don't know if any of them were going to stick anyway in Indiana. Um, we'll see with that. But those guys are all going to get waived. They're going to create this, and then we see what happens with Phoenix. Um, maybe this forces a sign and trade. Maybe this says, 
nah, let's hold on. Let's wait. And then we'll see where this goes uh, from, from there. Let's, let's uh, see if we match. Do we take the full two days? The full Taking the full two days to the point you made earlier is not a real real strategic reason to do that anymore. Nobody's right. competing for free agents anymore. So just, you know, if you're going to match, just match and go. So let's say the Suns do match. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to, like you can't trade Aiton to the Pacers for a year. Correct. And they can't trade Aiden. What are exactly the rules? They can't trade Aiden for what is it? Six months? Uh, it'll be January fifteenth, so it'll be the January fifteenth restriction right. because of how much of a raise he's going to get on the new contract. Um, so if we think about it, there's two restrictions that come. It's December fifteenth with an initial signing of most free agents, but if you get if you use bird rights to give a guy a big enough bump, it's January fifteenth. Right. So they can't trade him anywhere until January fifteenth. Then. The kicker on top of that is for one year, because they they exercise their right of first refusal. That's the technical term for matching. Then they can't trade him anywhere without his permission. So he has, in effect, a one-year no-trade clause uh, as well, where he can block any trade, but he definitely cannot be traded to the Indiana Pacers for one year. So if you're the Suns and you are not all in on DeAndre Ayton, and that is the sense that we've gotten, Matching is not an ideal situation then, right? You're paying him the contract that you probably don't want to pay him and trading him at least for a year is fairly problematic because he does have the ability to block that. And if there, if there's a contentious relationship there at all, you can see where Deandre would just say, no, I'm not playing your game. So I'm going to block trade. So now you're looking at potentially paying Deandre in a contract that clearly the Suns don't want to pay him for at least a year. If they match that on the flip side, if you don't match, you lose him for nothing. That doesn't sound like a great spot for the Suns to be in and all the more reason to try to figure out a sign and trade. Uh, agreed. I, I think I would I would imagine the Pacers don't have a lot of interest in keeping Miles Turner if they can get DeAndre Ayton. They can't play together. Um, this is not a uh, Turner Sabonis pairing because it just it just wouldn't. They're both truly more of fives than either one is a four. Um, you also have you just resigned Jalen Smith. You have Goga Batadze. Um, they also have Isaiah Jackson who came along pretty well last season. So I don't think you want to do anything um, towards keeping Miles Turner in this situation. So my point all along has kind of been why do you not just take Turner back even if Turner's not a perfect fit and you don't love him here why would you not bring him in and then if nothing else that's 18 million dollar like uh trade piece down the line later that you have um in another trade if you want to do that and i actually think turner could be a decent fit for phoenix but it's at least a get by for nothing else for at least the next uh you know few months and then then you can always you know retrade him later if that's what you want to do so that becomes a little bit of the sticking point i think there i think it's just um you know i think it's just uh one of those things where i don't want to lose him for absolutely nothing because right. that would become a challenge yeah and that's that's the spot that the suns are in right now and look this is you got to be careful here if you're feeling you're a championship caliber mm-hmm. team and if you don't get something here, you fall down that ladder in a very, very deep Western Conference very quickly, particularly, like you said, what center are they going to go at? Yeah. Right? If, if Baseback Biombo could be their starting center. They lost JaVale McGee, too, who mm-hmm. they were very high on, wind yep. up going over to the Mavs. So Phoenix is in a perilous spot as of this moment. For the Pacers, look, if they if they don't get Aiton, they're kind of rebuilding anyway, and 
it's not the end of the world if they don't wind up getting yep. him, if the Suns wind up matching. But for the Suns, this this is tricky, and they've got to make sure that they manage this correctly. Otherwise, they could find themselves suddenly with an older Chris Paul and losing a key piece on what was a contending team and might not be anymore if you have eight and walk away for nothing. Absolutely. That, that's exactly it. And you mentioned the West is so deep. It is so, so tricky um, to make that work. There's a question in the chat from JP who says, when you do a sign and trade, doesn't the outgoing salary get cut in half? It's not exactly in a sign and trade. It's more based on the amount of the raise. In this case, yes. Um, DeAndre Ayton would get cut. His salary would get cut in half. So let's just call it 15 million because it's roughly 30 million that he would make. And what happens though is that's 15 million on the Sun side outgoing. It's 30 million coming in on the um, Pacers side. But what happens is the Pacers have more, they're going to have enough cap space to bring them in. Um, and then the Suns, anything 15 million matches in a trade, they can bring back their way. And Miles Turner's $18 million salary fits that perfectly. So so there would not be any kind of problem there. There's other options, obviously, too. Um, but that one fits kind of easiest um to make to make match there. I want to throw this just to the just to the chat real quick. If if you guys can just because I'm testing out all new computer equipment. If you guys can tell me how the picture quality and sound quality is, I would appreciate it. We're just trying to make sure we're giving you guys a better show than the crap it's been uh, on my <laughs> end <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Looks looks better to me. Definitely looks looks better. Well, that's to me. all that really matters in my heart. Then JP says <laughs> JP says everything is great now. So that's fantastic. Right, oh man, we're getting better. way better. Looks good. Fantastic. I'm just waiting for somebody like why? But yeah, but you're still ugly and nobody said that. <laughs> oh, no. that so um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this one's really really interesting. A couple people asked um, in there like, is it midnight? Like, what what does that mean? Um, Essentially, what they're looking to do here is if they're going to do it today, the clock starts at midnight, um, but it's whenever he uh, signs that, um, that that offer sheet. So if he signed it right now, sign and trades are out. Like that's it. If he signs it today, sign and trades are out. You can't do it. You can't change your mind. You can't do anything like that. It's just going to roll. So what you end up having to do is midnight though is when it starts. It's, 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 it'd be what's today's Thursday. So it'd be Friday and Saturday by end of day. Saturday would be the time that they have to uh, go still looking pretty. I appreciate it. Jeff Sherald in the, so, in the chat. So in theory then, and I, this was something I did not, I didn't know that. I didn't know that the clock starts at midnight. So if yeah. if he signed it now, the clock still starts at midnight. So if you're the Pacers and you at least want to try to keep your options open for a sign and trade, you might as well just schedule him to sign it at 1155 <laughs> yeah. PM yeah. Eastern. Right. I mean, that's, Yep. That would be your ideal situation if it doesn't, if the clock's going to start at the same time, regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep it open. Just keep, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing into, you know, doing stuff with, with uh, um, everybody there just to, you know, keep, keep going with, you know, hey, do you change your mind yet? Change your mind yet? Change your mind yet? It's almost like that old Simpsons episode. Um, you know, can we, can we go to the, I forget what the music, Krusty Land? Yep. Can oh, we go, Dad? That's can we right. go, Dad? Can we go, Dad? Can we go, Dad? Yep. Oh, that was that's an old one. That's back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Good one. So yeah, it is. Um. You know, yeah, it is an old one. That was like that's like a like first couple uh seasons someone. But anyway, back when it was we, really good. Yes, exactly. Back in the glory days of the Simpsons. So uh, Jerry Sanchez asked, are my a former cast member? Yes, those are my Disney name tags. I worked for Disney for 20 years before I left uh, to cover the NBA. So yes, Jerry Sanchez, I did. That's right. Um, 
They, uh, yeah. So let's see, you know, where this goes over, you know, the next call it four and a half, five hours here. We'll, we'll see, you know, how this comes, comes together on this one. Cause I think it's, uh, you know, they, this is pretty fascinating the way this could all come together. People are asking things like, can KD still be involved? Yeah. I mean, they could still expand this into a three team trade and all sorts of stuff and everything. So we'll, we'll see what it looks like. Um, you know, with that, we, we, we don't know, you know, where that all comes together. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Let's, let's get into that, actually. So we've talked about how something needs to give in the NBA. Something needs to shift the status quo because right now everything's been just deadlocked right with this Kevin Durant thing uh we're even seeing like Colin Sexton just sitting out there just stuck right nothing happening Mm -hmm. I don't know what the ripple effect from this Aiden situation is going to be I guess it depends like do other teams get pulled in or not Uh, were other teams trying to be in on the Aiden situation and now they're not so now they're going to look at other options what happens here but this could this has the potential to be that thing that suddenly clears this log jam or opens things up enough to where we start to see more movement and the stagnation lifts. Now, a, a Kevin Durant trade would be a clear thing that would open things up again sure. and, and get things and get things moving. But I do wonder if this is enough to at least shake some things loose and restart the NBA offseason, so to speak. Yeah, we we yeah, I mean it is that's exactly what we've been saying for a while it's like it's like there's like a clog in the, the the pipeline here we need something to come through hit it and push all the rest of this through because you know now we're sitting with kd Kyrie, now donovan mitchell we're gonna get to him in just a minute here um but you know aiden's for uh, restricted free agent market colin sexton we're gonna leave miles bridges out of that because that's a whole different situation um with that but yeah well we'll see where where that goes um Trevor, we have a, a super chat coming in yeah, super chat from Samir says the report about Phoenix wanting to match. Can that be a negotiation strategy? We see teams do this a lot, where they will kind of let it be known that they'll match any offer as a way of scaring off other teams from actually presenting that offer. So yes, th- this can be. Again, I, there's not as much teeth to it as there would be if that was getting out there on say July 1st or July 2nd when there's free agents still on the market to be had. But yes, that type of statement getting out there or word getting out there can 100% be a negotiating strategy. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say with the Kevin Durant trade here, um, as we're talking about him, if Aiton is off the table, 
it becomes really hard then for the Suns to make a KD trade because Aiden was going to be a portion of that. I believe if I have this correct, I think I've run the numbers right on this. Aiden and Bridges, even with the base year compensation issues, would have been enough if Brooklyn could get around the hard cap issues of mm-hmm. acquiring a player via sign and trade. So they would have had to do some different stuff. So we'll, we'll see how that comes uh, together there. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, with that one. So yeah, let's see, you know, how that all comes together um over the next uh you know couple days, really the next few hours here if Aiden signs the offer sheet, then it's you know, that's all uh, null and void. So that won't happen that way. But yeah, I'm very, very interested to see you know where where all this comes together. Yeah, if Aiden look but the bottom line I think is that if Aiden signs that offer sheet, it's bad for Phoenix. Yeah. Right. Either either way, mm-hmm. like you're either you're either because clearly they don't believe that Aiton should have that contract. Otherwise, they would have already offered it to him um, or they, you know, if they don't match, they lose him for nothing. But it's also eliminating the possibility of using Aiton as a piece to go and get Kevin Durant, whether that meant Aiton going to a third team and that team sending stuff to Brooklyn, whatever. It hurts the Suns ability to go get KD. And I've seen the sentiment floating around on, on the Twitter sphere. Uh, a lot of people saying. This, if Kevin Durant is traded, this should push the odds of the Toronto Raptors way up if this Aiton situation goes down this way. Whether it's he, yeah. whether regardless of where he winds up, if he signs that offer sheet, it increases the odds of the Raptors being the team that should be in the lead to get KD. Yeah, I I I hadn't really given it a lot of thought to to that side of it, but yeah, I think that that makes sense. Um, you know, to to that respect, I think for sure that that can work. Hey, let's just before we close the book on the eight and stuff and move on, yep. um, give, just so we get a sense of what's still available free agent wise. Uh, so these are kind of more four five guys. So Montrez Harrell, Blake Griffin, uh, Paul Millsap. <laughs> That's not very great. Um, True fives, DeMarcus Cousins, LaMarcus Aldridge, Hassan Whiteside, Dwight Howard, Tristan Thompson. That's kind of it, you know, for guys that you, I think, might even feel good-ish about plugging in your rotation. So certainly no one as good as DeAndre Aiden. And I wouldn't think, you know, in my opinion, no one as good as even acquiring Miles uh, Turner um, for what his contract is, even again, if it's not a perfect fit. You know, go get Miles Turner, pair him with Biombo, and, you know, sign a – Hassan Whiteside or something. And I, and I think then you've, you've come out of this better than just watching DeAndre and walk away for nothing. Here's the thing. Last summer, you and I both, both of us, were talking about how surprised we were that the Suns weren't just getting a deal done with Aiden, right? Mm-hmm. They did it with Mikhail Bridges, and they just, just couldn't come to an agreement with DeAndre Aiden. Right now, had they done that deal, there would be some kind of a trade market for Aiden, if they decided after this year, you know what, we just don't think he's worth this contract. Yep. Let's see what we can get for him. Let's see what we can move him. Now they're staring down, potentially losing him for nothing. Had they just done what it, and we weren't the only ones saying this, but a lot of people across the NBA were saying, why don't they just get this thing done? They would be sitting in a much better position now had they just done that. Instead, they decided to try to play hardball and it could come back to haunt them here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do prediction time. What do you think happens? I think I think ultimately we land on a sign and trade. It makes too much sense for the Suns. I, I think they're in a position of weakness at this point. So I think we ultimately wind up with a with a sign and trade that gets the Suns something. I, I think it makes sense. That's that's 
that's what I'm hoping for um, happens. I'm going to say the Suns just match and they keep Aiden and then okay. this. But by the trade deadline, they tease somewhere else. By the trade deadline. So they, they yeah. match it and then they trade him away. Yeah, match then, it, keep him for a few months. Then they find a place where he'll be happy and off he goes. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we got a super chat that came in here and said, Hey, Keith, Joe Lacob did a pod with Tim of the Bay Area the other day. It said he can't pay Wiggins and Poole. Is it cheaper to get KD instead and trade those guys away? I mean, I didn't hear this pod, so you know, throw throw a name of the pod up there because I'd like to listen to it. Um, if you can, drop that in the, the chat there. Yeah. Uh, no cap seven five seven. Um, can't is it cheaper to get KD instead and trade those guys? Um, Depends on what kind of money they'd be yeah, getting on their next it, deals. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Wiggins right now is thirty plus million. Pool's probably going to be a twenty five million dollar player. So, yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, that's, I mean, you're talking 55, 60 million for those two guys and KD's going to top out 40, 50, but then you got to replace at least one rotation spot because you lose pool. So yeah, I mean, it could be cheaper. It's not going to save a significant amount by any means, but you know, if that's where they want to go, sure. But I mean, there's other options for them. I will say to everybody, um, too, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the warriors and is their spending bad for the NBA and is that, you're not good. I wrote a thing on spot track basically where I said, what are they supposed to do? Lose, lose their guys for nothing. Like they drafted and developed these guys. So if anybody wants to check that out, it's um, like the people who are mad at them for getting Kevin Durant and saying that they made the league you know, unfair or whatever for however many years, like what Kevin Durant said he would play for them. What what were they supposed to say? No, you know what? KD, sorry. We would be too good. We would be too good with you. We don't want you. No, of course not. No doubt. Um, all right, let's let's move on. Let's talk about Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks. After we recorded yesterday, we talked all about the links between Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks. And then after we recorded yesterday, <laughs> it just it, it, everything kind of blew up. And it sounded like now the report is that while there's other suitors for Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz and the Knicks have been negotiating one on one in a scenario that would send a lot of picks to the Utah Jazz. Reportedly, that's what they're after. So from the Utah side, we're talking full rebuild, tear it down if they're looking to just get picks for Donovan Mitchell, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that, with that decision for the Knicks uh, landing, the guy that feels like they've been linked to forever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those situations where it feels like this news could and should break at any moment that they've come to an agreement. Once you get to the point where word gets out that they're negotiating exclusively with each other. Yep. Typically an, a, a deal is not far behind. Yeah. Trevor, do I need to do one of these? <laughs> um and people are saying i'm store brand wind horse i'll take that that's a compliment he's very good at what he does um but anyway it's uh you know it yeah i think any you guys know my feelings on this anytime we get into very specifics about stuff like number of picks and players involved and those kind of things players not involved then i am in a position where okay this now makes sense uh, to, to this, you guys can stop putting fake trades in the chat. We have our notifications on. We would yep. know if that happened. Um, so anyway, it's uh, yeah, I my guess is I'm not, I don't want to go as far as saying it's the Knicks deal to lose sure. or anything like that because I don't think it's quite there, but I do think it is. Um, you know, my guess is that they're pushing for it pretty hard and and we'll we'll see you know, where it comes together. And in terms of uh, 
young players with upside. So whether it be Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, or if it got uh, um, um, what should we call it? Uh, who am I missing? Quentin Grimes. Um, you could get all those guys. Maybe get five or six picks because the Knicks have all their own picks. They have an extra Dallas pick, and they have the extra picks that they got at draft night as well. Um, so you could start throwing a whole bunch of stuff together, uh, send it Utah's way. And I've said it over and over and over again. If Danny Ainge is tearing it down, he's tearing that thing all the way down to the studs and starting over. Even think about when he did that in Boston, when he traded KG and Pierce, the initial thought was, all right, they're going to build around Rajon Rondo as their kind of young building block moving forward. He didn't even make it through January of the next year, and then he got traded away. So, um, you know, so that's, uh, you know, just he's going to rip this thing all the way down. So I my my guess is you're absolutely right. I think at any point now we're getting a, a you know, a Woj a bomb. bomb here. Or, yep. You know, Shams. Do we still doing Shams Wow or what? I don't know. We, we know nothing ever just <laughs> settled in and yeah. felt like organic, you know, well, so. Yeah. So, we're, but we're going to get that notification bell ding that says Donovan Mitchell's been traded. And I think maybe to the next. Hopefully it's during the show so I can play our drop again. That'd be nice. I would have, yeah, that'd be fun. We haven't had a chance to play that in a bit. Uh, Alan Safante says, You guys are awesome. I appreciate what you guys do. Thank you, Alan. Are the Nets trying to get leverage by saying a Lowry and Irving trade is not out of the question? That was something that got floated around a little bit today. Um, I believe that was a Frank Isola thing um, who said that, you know, that uh, some type of Lowry and Kyrie swap is not out of the question there. Is that a Nets putting that out there to try to gain more traction? Because look, if you look at the situation right now, the Nets want any other team to be interested in Kyrie Irving so that they Mm -hmm. can have that leverage in whatever the negotiations are. Is that what you take it as? Or do you think that a Lowry Kyrie swap could be a real thing? I mean, maybe I I just don't, I don't see Kyrie as being a heat kind of, guy I, I guess yeah. it just doesn't something feels off there to me so but i mean maybe it could be i i you know you're you'd be trading you know gosh it's kyrie's gotta be five years younger than lowry at least um so you'd be trading in on that side so yeah maybe that, that's the way that goes but it's um you know i i don't know that one seems a little little weird um for this to to me but yeah you're absolutely right i mean yeah they want that that leverage so then they can go back to the lakers and say hey what do you think about that second pick now or are we good let me let me ask you this because the lakers nation staff and i were talking about this today who would you rather have contract factored in, Kyle Lowry or Russell Westbrook? Kyle Lowry. Really? With the contract. He's got yeah. an extra $15 million or so owed in an extra year. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry. I don't okay. think it's close. I went the opposite because they're expiring, but maybe I've got some bias in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't just watch him for 82 games, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm probably not in the same spot you're in. Um yeah, I'd take Kyle Lowry. Fair enough. I, I think we were going we were going back and forth on depending on the roster, is that what you want? And then contractually, if yeah. you're trying to rebuild, is that there's a lot of nuance into into that. I mean, but, if you're the Lakers right now, I'd rather have Kyle Lowry just right. because you you're you're set up to win in the next couple of years and Lowry would be far more plug and play um with that group. But yeah, I yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Well, and you got to, you got to see Lowry a bit in the playoffs too, mm-hmm. but he yeah. he was also dealing with injury there. I, I will say I'm a little worried 
Lowry is slipping and slipping fast. And we see that with the smaller guards. When it goes, it goes very, very quickly. Um, and some of those injuries now start to seem like they might be injuries that are kind of piling up on him that he may not get over uh, very, very easily. Unfortunate. Hate to see it. Um, yeah. And hopefully he continues to uh, to plug along. But uh, let's talk a little bit about my guy, KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah, it's gets an extension. Uh, and I thought a pretty, pretty reasonable one for a guy who does the things that, that he does and mm-hmm. pretty similar to the deal that he's on now. So the Nuggets yep. just said, hey, look, this is solid. Let's uh, let's keep this rolling. And I think he's going to be a good fit there in uh, in Denver with his ability to space the floor. He's quick. Like we don't give him enough credit for that. He's really fast. Um, mm-hmm. And so he gets out of the break pretty well. Not a great finisher on the break, but but he can get out there and run it. And then uh, and then defensively, he's a pass pretty good lock and trail guy. So um, I think this is a nice move uh, for the Nuggets to hang on to. Yeah, between him and Bruce Brown, they've got the perimeter defense now. You know, they're going to be able to put those two guys out there on the floor at times with Jokic and Murray, and the defense should hold up just fine uh, with those two guys. So, yeah, I mean, they're pretty locked in now to this this group there for the next couple of years, but but I think it's okay. I think you're you're at the point in their development timeline where if Murray and Porter are both healthy, and we're going to talk about those two in a second, where you need to be locking in guys. So you're, you're basically, all right, this is our window over the next three seasons here or so. And then if it doesn't work out, then we can start making some different decisions around. All right. Do we look to move on from Murray or Porter and rebalance around Jokic in a different way? Cause clearly he's not going anywhere. So it's, it's just about adding all that talent around him. And I think that's the best way to do it. I, I think, uh, that this is a very reasonable deal. Two-year, $30 million extension for KCP. Uh, you know, perfectly reasonable. It just kind of makes me laugh. I'm thinking back to, remember all those conversations long before the front office show days when I would come on the Lakers Nation pod and we'd talk about KCP and his no-trade clause, kind of being right. like the thing that would screw up everything uh, for the Lakers that time. Between that and the Luol Deng, uh, you know, uh, stretched money. We, we probably had more conversations about those two things oh, we than, did. than almost anything else. We did. And that was, that was when KCP would get 18, 19 million, something like that for, for one season. I remember at the time they had to, uh, they had to get rid of David Nwaba in order yeah. to get KCP. And I, and I was upset. I'm like, I like David Nwaba. <laughs> yeah. Keep him around. But, um, but it all worked out in the end, giving him that one year deal. I think also gave the Lakers a little bit of, because you know, the client and all that gave him a, uh, a little bit of a, a line to Rich Paul and uh, ultimately yep. led to LeBron. But Certainly in any hurt. event, uh, and he was a big part of winning a championship. So, who, you know, for sure, that that's sure. that uh, frees him of anything else. He might have been still out attached to him. Uh, the other thing on the two Nuggets guys, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., um, nothing major, nothing I think to be super alarmed about. But Michael Malone on the broadcast at Summer League yesterday did say, likely a minutes restriction for the two of them to start the year. Um, I think that's fine. You know, let's, as long as it's reasonable, you know, if it's 25, 30 minutes, that's not the end of the world. It, probably ideally you don't want to play much more than that anyway. Um, you know, early on in the season, but just something to keep an eye on. But both of those guys have said they're healthy and both of those guys feel like they're, they're uh, ready to start the season. So um, good news there on the Nuggets front. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we've got, uh, we didn't get to this yesterday. Pat Connaughton received an extension as yep. well uh, with, uh, with Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. So that's yeah. Solid, I, no problem with that. He's an underrated rebounder. He's got the ability to shoot the three for you. And uh, perfect. Can, in yeah. You can do. plug him into the starting lineup when need be. If, if mm-hmm. you need him off the bench, he can do that. He can pretty much do whatever you need him to do. He's one of the rare players who loses almost nothing efficiency wise mm-hmm. starting or coming off the bench. He's basically the same guy, no matter what, which is uh, which is good because he's good. You know, that, that can be bad if the player stinks, obviously, but he's, uh, you know, pretty good uh, there. So, yeah. And I will say on a, on a personal note, when I was in Vegas for summer league, I hosted two events for kids um, that included Pat Connaughton. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was involved one day. DeMar DeRozan was involved as well. And seeing the way Pat worked with those kids uh, and getting to chat with him for a bit, you know, about kind of just the way he approaches things, uh, he was absolutely incredible. He was just in his element, working with all these kids, just having so much fun with them, coaching them up. Uh, I will, will forever be a Pat Connaughton fan now, seeing the way that, that he was around those kids and really care, not just showing up to smile and wave or anything like that, but getting out there, playing with the kids, working with them, and, and really going out of his way to make to make the day for those kids. Do you know why? Why why he's such a good guy? I have a feeling you, you're going to tell me why here. Because <laughs> he's from Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> so we had someone say, start breaking these long pod shows in a 10-minute clips. We have a clips channel, Trevor. We do. We do. We've got our clips channel that is set up. Um, I'll put there are there is a link in the description of our last video that was posted to our YouTube channel. I'll put that one over here as well. And that one is in a, a super chat. Uh, so start breaking these long shows into 10 minute clips. Uh, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Look, we have our clips channel that's set up. And uh, yeah, just definitely go check it out and go subscribe. I'll see if I can find the link in just a second. Someone asked, did the Hornets ever officially pull the offer? She wasn't an offer sheet. It's a qualifying offer for Miles Bridges. They did not. Um, there's a couple ways to think through that. I think one of the uh, thoughts around why they wouldn't pull that uh, qualifying offer is leaving him restricted makes it less likely another team will swoop in and sign him um, because the Hornets could just match it. So I think they're there. I think though 29 teams no, hey, right now that's the Hornets issue to kind of deal with. So we're going to leave that alone and go from there. Yep. Yeah, we'll see what they ultimately do yeah, I, with that situation. I'll be surprised uh, unless we get some kind of major reveal that we're not expecting if uh, Miles Bridges is is playing basketball at the beginning of the season. I think he'll just be still sitting there as an unresolved free agent for a while. All right. Well, I was hoping – I know, me too. I was trying to drag it out. (laughs) I was hoping something would break while we were live so we could play one of our drops. But next time, uh, hopefully it'll it'll happen then. But appreciate everybody for joining us here live today. Obviously, the DeAndre Ayton news, it kind of, it just, it reignited the NBA for at least a few hours today. And I'm hopeful that we're going to get more of that. Oh, man, we need it. We needed it. Yeah. It feels like we've just been, it's. We've been held hostage by by Kevin Durant and the Nets for the last right? what like week, where everything has just been completely held down by that. We just we have had nothing really moving because of that whole situation. So hopefully this is what the market needs to kind of break things loose and get things moving once again. Trevor, somebody wants to know if you have a Lakers Nation show tonight. 
So tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to go and do a, uh, a Twitter Spaces on the Lakers Nation account, and that's going to start at 9 o'clock Pacific time. We'll have that. We're going to have most of the Lakers Nation crew will be on there uh, with me. So be on the lookout for that. In fact, the uh, the show is already scheduled if you want to go check that out on the, on the at Lakers Nation Twitter account. So that's what we're going to have coming up uh, this evening. There you go. There All right. All right, everybody. Appreciate. I will listen to that pod. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on the download list today. So I yes. will definitely listen to that pod. Yep, we'll have to check that one out. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks everybody for stopping by and listening and watching. Appreciate you. If you are listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching us on video, make sure you are a subscriber oh. over on the NBA Front Office channel. Trevor, I want to read a review. Oh yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, we said we were gonna do this. I want to read this one because this one was fun. Um, so this is from Stock Loan. Guess maybe a Stockton Malone fan from back in the day. Um, okay. but he said I like it. listening to the NBA front office podcast since it was just Keith and Pete. So that's Pete Toll. I don't see Pete in here tonight, but Pete's often hanging out in the chat uh when we're live. Um then Keith, Pete, and Con. That was Connorell. He, he was there hanging out with us too uh, for a while. Then it was lo- radio silence for way too long. So excited that the show returned. Honestly, at first, I was very unsure of Trevor, but he does a great job keeping things fun. Banter is just the right amount of silly. Keith is an NFT NBA fan treasure. I don't know about all that. Um, and I say that with complete sincerity. Uh, if you, it, It's a little bit longer, but if you listen to every episode, I guarantee you will be the most knowledgeable NBA fan out of your coworkers, friends, and family by a long shot. I also appreciate their level-headed approach to NBA drama. They've calmed me down quite a few times by talking about all perspectives. Finally, bring back the elevator music intro, if only for the off-season. Uh, best podcast intro music of all time. Yeah, no. Yeah. So we appreciate that um, review. So guys, if you can give a pop over to iTunes and give us a a rating and review over on iTunes, we would appreciate that as well as uh, all of your subscriptions here. Uh, Sorry guys, no news. Sorry about that. (laughs) I know. I I thought the same thing. I I know. I get get to play the drop, but that review was, was fantastic and and very much (laughs) appreciated. We did get, while you were reading the review, we got a $20 super chat. So we need to address this. Um, Said, I appreciate the great content, guys. Thank you, uh, Revon. Said, Keith, any of the Celtics Summer League players going to make the team? I saw them against the Warriors Tuesday in Vegas. Justin Jackson looked great. Yeah, Justin Jackson's an interesting guy. They had him uh, during the COVID call-ups, and um, he's kind of bounced around. Um, I think the probably best chances of the Summer League player, non-rostered Summer League players, uh, played for Boston, I think um, Trevian Williams and uh, Fiondu Kamengele um, have the best chance to maybe snag a roster spot or at a very minimum a camp invite. Right now it seems like they're maybe open to keeping that second two-way spot open. You do think we might see Broderick Thomas, but Boston still has three standard spots to fill. Um, they have their three camp spots to fill, if that's what we want to call them, and a two-way. So they've got seven open roster spots right now to fill. So there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, you know movement still to come from the Celtics and camp signings and all that sort of stuff. But Ravon, man, and we appreciate that. Uh, very that's, much. That's big time. Thank you so much. Yep. Very much appreciated. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.